What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another hour of the Andy Slater Show on this Monday, September 18th. And what a great day it is. I know all of you, well, almost all of you, are feeling really good this afternoon. You woke up this morning feeling really good. Maybe you had some coffee, some milk, some eggs, bacon, pancakes. Maybe you ate a little extra because you were feeling that good. Why would you be feeling that good? Well, because A, you're not a Jets fan. I'm not trying to be rude, but I'm just being serious. And B, you're a fan of the Miami Dolphins who today along with their fan base, are celebrating a Victory Monday. Victory! I wonder if some of you, you wake up at like 8 or 9 in the morning, whenever it is, some of you actually put your hands out, you, you extend your arms, you wake up, whether you're next to somebody or not, and you just yell out, Your significant other could be next to you, and that's just how they're greeted in the morning. Only after a Dolphins win. And this would be the second Victory Monday that we have. We've had two opportunities for Victory Mondays, and we're two for two. I love Victory Mondays because everybody's in a better mood. Nobody's all sad around town and, oh, gosh, you know, it's Monday. Nobody likes Mondays, but Mondays are so much better when it's a Victory Monday. Victory! Sunday night football, the Dolphins improved to 2-0 and on the season. They take down Bill Belichick and the New England Patriots. When I say Bill Belichick like I just did, to me, it seems like I shouldn't even be saying it that way anymore. Not that Bill Belichick is not a good coach and a great coach, actually. But it's just, it feels different because the Patriots are certainly not the same team that we were used to seeing for, what, like 15 years? Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. Oh, Bill Belichick. And now when I say the Dolphins beat Bill Belichick, I feel like I'm not giving the Dolphins enough credit because it's not like, oh, we just beat Bill Belichick. And Tua's done that now five times and five tries. But the Miami Dolphins have a legitimately good football team, a really good football team. I was watching the game last night at Flanagan's. Got to say it that way. So I'm there in the booth uh, with a couple of friends we're watching the game. The audio's on. People are all happy all over Flanagan's. I was at the one in Kendall, and I told you guys I was going to be there. I stick to my word. So I'm there last night watching the game, and I said to my friends at the booth, I said, you know what? This, this is not what we're used to seeing, what we saw for so many years. And a lot of that has to do with Tom Brady no longer being there. Almost all of it has to do with that. But you would always think, going in as a Dolphins fan, a Foxborough Sunday night, whether it was Sunday night, Monday night, a primetime matchup at New England, you would go into that game as a Dolphins fan, and you'd watch the game as a Dolphins fan thinking, this is going to be so difficult. We're probably not going to win this one. Look at what we're up against. 
And I'm watching that last night on the television, and I'm talking to my friends, and I said, you know what? This just feels, this feels so different now. It feels like the Dolphins go into New England, and they, they're the ones that should win this game. Like, really, they should win this game. They are better than the New England Patriots. And I know we all know that. But it's just weird thinking that way and looking at a game that way when for so many years it was the complete opposite. The Dolphins winning in Foxborough, not that they haven't done it before, but just going in there and, yeah, there were points last night towards the end where you got a little nervous, but overall you felt pretty confident once that game started, how it was going, that the Miami Dolphins were going to leave there with a W. So 2-0, uh, a division win, another win in the conference, everything rolling right now, as rolling as it could be through uh, two weeks in the NFL for your Miami Dolphins. Slater, they're not my Miami Dolphins. I'm sure Giants fans today are happy. Not necessarily San Francisco Giants fans, but... New York Giants fans, after watching that comeback yesterday, I'm sure some of you wanted to throw away whatever wagers you had or future tickets you had uh, for games. But, my gosh, what a comeback for them. I'm not here to talk about that, though. I'm here to talk about South Florida. Even though we got a lot of New Yorkers in this audience, okay, maybe your pizza's better, but I'm here to talk about South Florida. And the Dolphins are not the only great thing we got going on right now in Miami. What about those Marlins? The Marlins somehow sweep the Atlanta Braves at Lone Depot Park. Going into that series, I'm like, I just hope the Marlins do not get swept. At least win one of these games. The Marlins won all three of them. They destroyed Atlanta yesterday. The Miami Marlins are very much alive in the wild card race. They hold the third wild card right now. If you look in the standings, they're tied with the Cubs, but the Marlins have the tiebreaker over the Cubs. The Marlins win almost every single wild card tiebreaker. I've gone over them all mathematically. Almost every single tiebreaker, I say almost because if there's like a four or five-way tie and the Giants win a bunch of games coming up soon against their division, trust me, it's very complicated. It'll probably never get to that. But the Marlins own essentially every wild card tiebreaker. And I've been thinking for the past couple of weeks, and I told you guys this, for those of you that tune in all the time, you heard me say this. I started looking up flights from Miami on October 1st or 2nd to Milwaukee because that's who the third wild card team would play. And now the Marlins are doing so well, and I'm looking at the wild card standings, and the Cubs have come back down to earth. It's like, wait a minute. The Marlins may get the second wild card spot. And in fact, if they win tonight against the Mets, and I will be there tonight at Lone Depot Park. If they win tonight against the Mets, the Marlins will hold the number two wild card spot. And with that number two wild card spot, 
Miami would go to Philadelphia to take on the Phillies. Now, travel-wise, food-wise, I'd much rather have a cheesesteak than a bratwurst and a beer. Actually, I wouldn't have a bratwurst and a beer because I'm not a fan of beer and I don't eat bratwurst. Not that I'm not able to, I just don't like it. So I, I hope, and I don't know what will be better, but we did see the Marlins take on Milwaukee in Milwaukee and it wasn't so pretty. So it it, it may not make a difference. I'm not sure. If the Marlins are hot, they're going to beat anybody. And if they're not, they'll lose. But I'm... Sort of rooting, I think. I just want the Marlins to get in, but travel-wise, I, I would root more for Philadelphia. It's just it's easier to get to Philadelphia. They got cheesesteaks in Philadelphia, and I just would rather go there. Let's get the Marlins in, though. I'm allowed to look ahead. I'm allowed to think about these things. The Marlins, they're not. So we had a Marlins sweep over Atlanta. We had the Miami Dolphins beat the New England Patriots, and now they're 2-0. We had the Canes win on Thursday night. Now they moved up two spots in the poll. And I talked about the Canes on Friday since they had a Thursday game. FIU won. It was a great South Florida weekend. Except for you. I'm looking at you, FAU. That's the second time I've said that. Football, not basketball, because basketball... The Owls did fantastic. Football-wise, well, they were going up against a much inferior opponent. So I understand why they didn't get a W. I'm going to be looking for a W tomorrow night at Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Hollywood. And I hope you guys will join me there. A lot of you come out every single month for the Slater Scoops Poker Tournament. The next one is tomorrow night. Cards in the air at 6 p.m. You could register until 8.55 on the dot. So if you show up at 8.56, you're going to be a minute too late. But I hope to see a lot of you there. $10,000 minimum in the prize pool uh, tomorrow night inside the poker room at the Hard Rock. And it's only 150 bucks to buy in. If you do get lucky, and it's going to take luck to knock me out of my own tournament, because I've won it three times in the past nine months. That is true. It is factual. But if you do get lucky and knock me out of my own tournament, I will give you two seats to go see the Marlins take on the Brewers at Lone Depot Park. That is coming up uh, this weekend. Those tickets, courtesy of the Workers' Comp Legal Center. And those seats are behind home plate. A great view of the game. And the Marlins, a lot of people want to go see them now. Thankfully, things are getting very exciting in Little Havana. And things have always been exciting in Hollywood, Florida at the Hard Rock. So I hope to see you guys tomorrow night. It's the Slater Scoops Poker Tournament. $10,000 minimum in the prize pool and only 150 bucks to buy in. I'll be doing the show from the uh, poker room tomorrow, and then I'll have my tournament there at 6 p.m., so I hope to see many of you in attendance tomorrow night at Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Hollywood. It's always a lot of fun. Just like watching the Dolphins game last night was fun. A great national showcase. Everybody got to see Miami and Tua in action. As far as the uh, Patriots go, going into that game, I was like, 
yeah, they're not so good. The Patriots, after watching that game, I I mean, I think they are who I thought they were. They are who we thought they were. Exactly. Thank you. The late, great Dennis Green. Bill Belichick had a few ideas, though, on how to beat Miami, but those ideas failed. And now two is 5-0 and against Bill Belichick, and that is pretty dang impressive. Very, very impressive. We're still talking about one of the all-time best coaches in the NFL, and Tua has never lost to him. Now, before I officially get everything going this hour, before I dive into the game, let me give you a little context on how big of a win that was last night. The Dolphins now only have five true road games left. Five. Now, technically, it's six. But they play the Kansas City game in Germany. Germany is not Arrowhead. So the Dolphins have all nine home games remaining and only five road games that are real where they got to go into somebody else's building. Only five more times. So nine home games, five real road games, and one international game. And they're 2-0. and They're 2-0 and in the conference. They're 1-0 and in AFC East play. That is a dang good start for the Miami Dolphins. Now, speaking of a start, I got to start the hour. I've been talking 13 and a half minutes, and some of you might think I've already started, but I haven't. Not until I hear some audio, some music, some words. And I think we're about to hear that because the hour is set to officially begin. It's time to shuffle up and deal. The Miami Dolphins proved that they can win many different ways. And that's one of my big takeaways from that game last night. We saw their opener in Los Angeles against the Chargers. What did we see? How did the Dolphins win that game? It was the Tua and Tyreek show. Tua threw for 466. Tyreek had 215. We also saw the Dolphins with a horrendous defense against the run. And then they had uh, one or two big plays defensively uh, at the end. And that was it. The Miami Dolphins got a W. But what did we see last night? The Dolphins were methodical on offense. They slowly moved the ball down the field. They took what the Patriots' defense was giving them. They ran the ball successfully. And on the defensive side, they played much better all night. And that was with two key guys missing, one on defense and one on offense. Jalen Phillips randomly got a back injury on Friday, so he was out. And Teron Armstead, despite all the talk about how he was wearing a red jersey and then he wasn't wearing a red jersey, bottom line, he did not play. So there were questions on the offensive line again, and there were questions on the defensive side of the ball going into this game. But on offense, Raheem Mostert, he was the star. Really solid running back. He's so quick 
with that zone running scheme that they have. He's got the big-time burst. He scored the Dolphins' first touchdown, and then after New England made it a game in the fourth quarter, Raheem broke away for a 41-yard run, and that turned out to be the game winner. New England's plan, I think it was pretty simple. Lots and lots of safeties in there, and they were leaving a ton of room in front of them. But they went into the ball game with the idea, from what it looked like, they said, we're not going to let Tyreek Hill beat us. And what did that do for Miami? It opened up the short game, quick passes. It opened up the ability for them to run. New England essentially told Miami, if you want to score, you're going to have to do the old dink and dunk. You're going to have to do that all the way down the field. And then maybe you can score. But we have a strong defense in the red zone, so good luck with that. And the Miami Dolphins did have luck with that. Maybe it wasn't even luck. Maybe they're just really good. The Dolphins just had to be very patient. All night long, they had to be very patient. The first game the Dolphins played, week one, it was the track meet. The first one to 35 wins that game. This one last night was about collecting first downs. Six-yard gains, seven-yard gains. That's what we need to do, and that's exactly what the Miami Dolphins did. And Tua's release, his decision-making, off the charts. He was getting the ball out so quickly and to guys who find space. It's one of the reasons that he's not getting sacked so much. He was taken down once, and I know a lot of you probably were cringing a little bit, and it looked to me when Tua did go down, when he was sacked, it looked to me, just from watching it on television, like he curled up a little bit. And I thought to myself, that is exactly what he learned in the offseason. Now, a blindside hit's going to be a totally different story when that happens, because most likely it unfortunately will, and hopefully Tua will be fine. But Tua went down, he was okay, and he protected himself. So that off-season plan that he had, to me, it looked like it worked with that one sack. When you're getting that ball out so quickly and the Patriots were giving him those opportunities, they were just trying to have Tyreek not beat them, it's hard to get sacked because you're just getting rid of the ball so fast. And part of me wonders when the Dolphins were building their offseason plan, which is, hey, we need to keep Tua healthy the entire year. I wonder if the idea was let's have him get the ball out even quicker than he ever has. I wonder that. Or maybe this is just him in year four and he's been around now. It's his second year in Mike McDaniel's offense. He knows what he likes. He knows what he sees. And he's able to capitalize. He's gotten smarter. He's a lot smarter than Mac Jones. He's a lot better than Mac Jones. I don't even think Mac Jones is good. Tua's outstanding. Sure, there's going to be injury concerns about Tua, at least for now. But with Mac Jones, what does Mac Jones do well? What's Mac Jones' superpower? Because I was just telling you with Tua, and we all know his ability to process information in a split second and make precise passes 
that is a superpower of his. Mac Jones isn't just bad because he's the guy who replaced Brady. Mac Jones is bad because he's bad. And you may think, you may say, okay, well, two is really good, but he still has trouble sometimes throwing a really deep pass. Now, look, Tua did throw one pick. He was trying to force the ball down the field deep. They'd been patient all night. He wanted to take a shot. New England's rookie DB did make a nice play. The Dolphins wound up getting a stop. There was no harm, no foul. The only thing I would like to see Tua improve, it's not just saying, oh, he's got to throw a better deep ball because he can throw the deep ball. There's some times where he just, lobs it up there and there's too much height on that ball and once that ball goes over a certain height that's where the problem comes in other than that Tua is extremely sharp and I say other than that because throwing that deep ball really high isn't something he does all of the time he throws the ball deep and he does it well but he just doesn't elevate it all of the time like he did he was taking a shot there Again, in the end, no harm, no foul. The Miami Dolphins wound up getting a stop. There's a lot more about that game last night that I need to talk to you about, and I will in just a moment. If you're excited, you want to get even more excited, I'm going to suggest tonight you head on over to Dean's Gold, the ultimate gentleman's club where you could be surrounded by gorgeous girls, girls, girls. You want to watch the games there tonight? There's two of them. You'll be entertained during every timeout and commercial break because you will see in front of you beautiful women who come from all over the world. That is why Dean's Gold is the ultimate gentleman's club. So many different countries are represented at Dean's Gold. You're going to have yourself an incredible night or even early morning That's because Dean's Gold is open every single day from 8 p.m. all the way until 6 a.m. Dean's Gold, the ultimate gentleman's club, is located on the northeast corner of Northeast 163rd Street and Biscayne Boulevard. That's in North Miami Beach. Surround yourself with beautiful ladies who come from all over the world. There's only one place in South Florida you could do that, only one building. It is the ultimate gentleman's club, Dean's Gold. Live racing going on every single week right now at Gulfstream Park. It is the Sunshine Meet, and they've got live racing weekly. And the best place to check it out, sure, live in person at Gulfstream Park, but in their trackside restaurant, Ten Palms. That's where I like to go. Sit down in 10 Palms, have a fantastic meal at your table, watch the races live right in front of you, and you know me, I wager on them, of course. You can wager as little as 10 or 20 cents, actually, and make thousands of dollars. That is possible. I see it happen all of the time. So right now, it's the sunshine meet going on at Gulfstream Park, live racing every single week in Hollandale Beach at Gulfstream Park. For the entire schedule, making a reservation at 10 Palms, everything you can do, visit GulfStreamPark.com. And if you want to wager on the races from home, you could do that right now legally in Florida. Download the First Bet app. The First Bet app is the official wagering app 
of Gulfstream Park. When I flew from Medellin to Miami on Saturday, I'm here in South Florida now. Um, I'm not in Medellin. I'll be back there later on in the week, but I'm doing the show from Miami right now. And Saturday, when I flew from Medellin to Miami, I flew over Gulfstream Park. You may be thinking, wait a minute. Medellin's way down south, South America. You're going to Miami. Why would you fly over Gulfstream Park? Well, (laughs) there were uh, storms that popped up over Miami International Airport just before we were going to land, about 30 minutes beforehand. I saw it on my phone. I'm always on the internet on the plane. I listen to music and I surf the web. And I saw on my radar the showers popping up. I said, oh, gosh, we got a problem here. We're not going to be able to land. We're either going to circle for a while until the storms pass or we're going to divert somewhere. So the pilot gets on and he says, we're going to divert to Fort Lauderdale. And then we're going to wait in Fort Lauderdale. It's an international flight. We're not allowed to get off the plane there. It'd be way too much chaos. It's just, it's not possible. We'll have to wait in Fort Lauderdale. And then we'll fly from Fort Lauderdale to Miami. So this was, on Saturday night, the shortest flight I have ever been on in my entire life. Fort Lauderdale to Miami. We cruised at 4,000 feet. That's the highest we got. And from wheels up to wheels down, it was 15 minutes. It would have been even quicker, but we took off to the east and we had to land in Miami from the west. So that's essentially the longest possible route you can take. It was 15 minutes. If it wasn't that route, we probably would have done it in about 11 minutes, 10 or 11 minutes. I don't think I'll ever be on a shorter flight in my life than a 15-minute flight, Fort Lauderdale to Miami. The only way I'll be on a shorter flight than that is if the same thing happens again, the diversion, and the pattern is different, taking off and landing kind of the same direction. You know what I mean? Then it would be 10 or 11 minutes, something to that extent. But a nice 15-minute flight, a a tour of South Florida I got on Saturday night. And I posted it on my uh, Instagram story, but also a regular post. The views leaving uh, Fort Lauderdale and landing in Miami at that exact time where we took off and landed, which was only 50 minutes between the two, it, it was incredible. I never used Fort Lauderdale Airport, Fort Lauderdale Hollywood International Airport. I can't remember the last time I left from there. And this, I guess, counts like partially. I know some of you love that airport. I'm a huge fan of Miami. It's closer to me. It's I just I know Miami very well and it's got more amenities. I'm a big MIA fan, not an FLL fan. But some of you love FLL. Oh, my gosh, it's so much better and it's so much easier. Hey, whatever works for you. But those views leaving Fort Lauderdale on the way to Miami on the plane, unbelievable. So if you go to my Instagram, just search Andy Slater, you'll see the views that I'm talking about. Not the same views that I get in Medellin, but very nice views in, in the sky. Take a look. 
Dolphins fans had a nice view of that game last night, no matter where you were watching it. In the end, the Miami Dolphins hold on to the victory. I know it got a little, little scary, but the Dolphins had that game in hand. There were some moments that made you think, wait a minute, like what's going on here? The first moment was probably that blocked kick. That was the best moment for the New England Patriots and Bill Belichick in that game. Aside from the funny way he threw the challenge flag, like right at the official's shoe. (laughs) I thought he was going to throw it and hit the official, but it was like a a toddler pouting. (laughs) That blocked kick, having the guy run off the edge at the very last second, got a head start from the side. That was very smart. It was a great move. And I know a lot of people on X, formerly Twitter, are saying, gosh, every coach who saw that, and all the coaches saw it, or they would have seen it in the morning on video, they see that and, and they're thinking, hmm, yeah, this is this is great. We're going to do it. Now, that moment could have really turned momentum in the game, but the Miami Dolphins, they didn't get rattled all night. And what really impressed me was Andrew Van Ginkle. The, the way he played, he played the role of Jalen Phillips last night because Phillips was out. Andrew Van Ginkle is such a useful player. He's a tackling machine. You put him on the edge, he gets after the QB. He's a smart player. He had a huge game for the Dolphins' D, and that was an area of concern. Van Ginkle was a monster last night. Overall, the Dolphins' defense, you look at the comparison from week one to what we saw in week two on Sunday Night Football, Vic Fangio, he did a lot better. You could call it an adjustment. You could call it maybe just a bad game week one. But the difference from game one to game two, you can start to see Vic Fangio's fingerprints on what they're doing. The blitzes last night were smart. They kept most of everything in front of them. The front seven played much better. They were getting contact basically at the line instead of last week. I think on the broadcast they said this. The average point of the first contact against the Chargers was two and a half yards behind the line of scrimmage. Not last night. The big guys up front really played so much better. New England couldn't get a lot going. The Patriots receivers are so bad, too. I was talking about Mac Jones and not being a good quarterback. He tried to force one to Devontae Parker, and Xavier Howard made a great interception. Before that, you didn't really see or hear much from Xavier Howard. And I was telling my friend who was uh, watching the game with me, before Xavier made that pick, I mentioned how like we haven't seen Xavier all night. And I think that's a good thing. Not, not a good thing because he would have messed up. But a good thing, it means he was playing a really, really good game where they didn't even want to throw to him. He was locked on. And then they finally threw his way, and he got an INT, and it was a great one. We saw a little of uh, Mike Kosicki from the Patriots. But as far as their options, playmakers, it's a joke. The Dolphins roll out Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell And the Patriots counter with who? 
There's not one receiver on New England's roster who would replace any of the Dolphins' top three. Would you even take out Braxton Berrios for Devontae Parker? Heck no. I'm rolling with Braxton. This Dolphins team, they're looking good. And Mike McDaniel, he's looking good in year two. That little halftime bit he did, first of all, his halftime interviews are getting better because he's understanding, let me just get to the point, give a quick sound bite, and and let's go. But when he was done with that interview, and you could see it all over social media, you saw it probably live last night, he pretended to sprint away from the camera. It's nice to see someone having fun out there, not taking himself too seriously. I was talking last Friday about Mario Cristobal. The Canes are playing great football, but Mario just, he's out there like mad. Oh, we didn't do this against Bethune. Like, come on, man. Lighten up. Be yourself. Have fun. Mike McDaniel, you could see that. His team is playing really well, which helps. But the national audience got to see a funny guy last night who's coaching the Miami Dolphins. And that's who we get to see every single week. I thought McDaniel had a a really good game except for one bad decision. The Dolphins are up seven. It's fourth down late. They're at the 38. And he decides to run Jason Sanders out there for a field goal attempt. Just over two minutes left. Now, if he hits it, the Dolphins are up 10. But it's a 55-yard field goal attempt. And Sanders is not very good from that distance. So, of course, he goes on to miss it, and the Patriots get possession with a chance to tie the game and good field position. Now, against Mac Jones, that's not going to bite you. But if the Miami Dolphins tried that against a better opponent, that would have been a problem. I didn't like the decision before the kick. Once he missed the kick, I I liked it even less. I thought in that position they should have punted. Just pin Mac Jones back. He's not going to go... 80 yards on you? Come on. It's a bit of a gamble when you only have to give a quarterback, any quarterback, like 45 or 50 yards to work with, 55. But 80, completely different story. And you might be saying, well, it's only a 25 or 30-yard difference. Well, for Mac Jones, that's a big difference because you see he couldn't even get it done with about 50 or 55 yards in front of him. I also think the Dolphins should keep an eye on this moving forward as far as the kicker goes. I know they paid Jason Sanders, but this team has big-time potential to be the best team in the AFC. So if you have a kicker who is unreliable, that's a problem. You don't want to lose a big game or a playoff game because of that. That's something that's got to be cleaned up. If the Dolphins had Justin Tucker... I would have never thought, oh, gosh, no, don't let this guy try a 55-yarder. No. But with Jason Sanders, that's what you think. And McDaniel had faith in him. I don't know why, and he missed it. Something you do not want to miss, like I was telling you earlier, my poker tournament tomorrow night, Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Hollywood. It is the Slater Scoops poker tournament with $10,000 guaranteed in the prize pool it's only 150 bucks to buy in. Cards will be in the air at 6 p.m. tomorrow night inside the poker room at Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Hollywood. 
If you can't get there by 6, it's okay. As long as you enter by 8.55 p.m. tomorrow night, you could still get in the tournament. I hope to see you there. Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino tomorrow night. That is Tuesday night, September 19th. Cards in the air at 6. You could register until 8.55. 10 grand guaranteed in the prize pool for the Slater Scoops Poker Tournament tomorrow night at Seminole Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Hollywood. The Dolphins starting the season 2-0 is fantastic. They're not the only big story in Miami. How about those Marlins? Down the stretch they come. I know you hear that at Gulfstream Park, but right now it also pertains to Miami's baseball team. I got to say, I've been following the Marlins closely the entire year, and I never would have thought they would have an offensive explosion like they did against the Atlanta Braves. Atlanta had owned Miami heading into the weekend series. And what happens? The Marlins demolished them. Saturday and yesterday, Ronald Acuna Jr. didn't play. That helps a little bit. But he couldn't have driven in 14 more runs yesterday for them. Come on. The Marlins had an incredible three-game series at home against Atlanta. The Braves, they came into Friday's game having just clinched the NL East. So maybe they were partying a little bit. Whatever excuse you want to make, go ahead and make it. I don't care because the Marlins' bats were alive. So many big home runs. Jazz with grand slams on back-to-back days. My lookalike, Jake Berger, he had a huge go-ahead homer that was on Saturday. Just a wonderful series. It couldn't be any better for the Marlins. So here we sit. It's September 18th. It's all there for them. They have 12 games to go. And when you look at the schedule, baseball is different. It's not like football where you see the schedule and say, oh, Yeah, they're going to win this, they're going to lose that, because you would have never had them beating the Braves three straight. But if you do look at the schedule, they got three games left against Milwaukee. Those are at Lone Depot Park coming up this weekend. But the other games, it's all Mets and Pirates. So if the Marlins can take care of their business, let's say they go 8-4 and in their last 12, they're going to get in, and they're in right now. If they win tonight, they have the second wild card spot where they would go to Philadelphia to take on the Phillies in the uh, wild card round. The Cubs have come back down to life. The Marlins are right there. It looks really, really, really good. And they hold almost every significant tiebreaker. It's just looking good for them. I'm excited about it. I I really believe they're going to make the postseason. And just like everything else in South Florida, sports-wise, how it's gone, the Heat and Panthers barely got in. They were playing for the title. We know everything that's gone on here in 2023. So why not the Marlins? And credit to Skip Schumacher and Kim Ang. How important was it to get Berger at the trade deadline? They get Jake Berger. They get... $5 burger night, which happened about a month ago, and it's going to happen again tonight at the ballpark. 
So you go tonight, you get $5 burgers. He's had a lot of big hits for Miami. So Jake Berger has been a great acquisition. And Skip Schumacher, he's just kept his team cool the whole time. They've had bad moments. They've had losing streaks. There's been several times this season where I thought, meh, hey, at least they got us the football season. It was a good run, but Skip has not let them quit. They lost Sandy Alcantara. Jorge Soler's been out a few times. He just came back. This team fights and competes. They're professional. This run has been incredible, and it is not over. I will be locked in their final 12 games. I will be there tonight at Lone Depot Park. I want them to get in, and I want them to make some noise. They've proven to be worthy all season long. And another team that's proven to be worthy, the team at Trajan Wealth. If you want to travel more, you want to retire early, Trajan Wealth can get you on your way to doing that. It will cost you nothing to set up a meeting with Trajan Wealth. A lot of us think, oh, yeah, we know what we're doing with our money. We've got it all handled. Again, it will cost you nothing to set up a meeting with Trajan Wealth. Let them help you. Let Trajan Wealth design a plan based around your goals. That's what they're really good at doing. Visit TrajanWealth.com. Very simple to go to their site, TrajanWealth.com. Or you can call them, and they're located locally in Palm Beach. Here's their number, 561-390-1000. That's 561-390-1000. Let Trajan Wealth help you. Advisory services are offered through Trajan Wealth, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor, and this is a paid advertisement. We've got two Monday night games tonight, and then, before you know it, we'll be talking about the Dolphins' next opponent, the Denver Broncos, their first home game that's coming up in NFL's Week 3. And I know one storyline. This is a guarantee that we'll hear about throughout the week, most likely more on a national level, It'll be Mike McDaniel against his hometown team being Denver. And it's a cool storyline because he started out as a ball boy for the Broncos. And now his home debut in 2023 with the Dolphins being 2-0, he's taking on Denver. The Dolphins should be okay versus Denver. But as far as the storyline goes, this will be the talk of the league. Facing the same team that he grew up loving. And I'm sure for him it'll be emotional. I don't care what he says. I know there's going to be a lot to be made of it. And I'm sure inside Mike McDaniel will have those thoughts go through his head like, wow, I've really, I've really done this from where I started to where I am now. All right. That's all the time I got for this Monday afternoon. Enjoy the rest of your day. For now, I'm Andy Slater and I'll see you later.